Hi, and welcome to In Gear, a podcast about marketing, technology, and anything else that comes up in conversation. In Gear is produced by Message Gears, a customer marketing technology provider serving radically different software for the world's largest brands. We hope you enjoy the show. Here are your hosts, India Waters and Danielle Profita Briner. Welcome to In Gear, the Message Gears podcast. I am your host, India Waters, and I am joined today by Danielle Briner and David Rabb. Um, how about both of y'all just give a quick intro? I'll pass it over to Danielle. You go first. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, India. Um, my name is Danielle, and I am the product marketing manager here at Message Gears. And this year, I am living my best life with my Bernie's Mountain Dog Annabelle. David? <laughs> I'm David Robb, founder, CEO of the Customer Data Platform Institute, longtime marketing technology consultant guru. Ooh, Love it. Yeah. Love a guru. Love Me a guru. too. It's, it's got to be on my uh, bucket list. Try to get to guru status on something. Yeah. Um, it might be snack foods. Yeah. I can see that for you. So, yeah. <laughs> It's definitely snack foods. Um, all right. So I'm excited to have David on the podcast today. We are here to ask him all things about CDP, where it's going, where we've been. Um, but yeah, I think just just for a quick um, kickoff before we get to the questions, David, you know, in a nutshell, how, how did... who? Who are you? How did you get to where we are today? Um, Listeners, I know you can't see, but it looks like David's in Santorini. Um, So how did you get there? What were the customs like? (laughs) Well, Santorini is, uh, in my mind, the place that I am physically on. In Connecticut, on the shore, so we still are in view of the beach, but not quite the same as the Santorini Beach. Uh, And the wine's much better in Santorini. How I got to where I am in life as opposed to where I am mentally. Uh, I started out as a direct marketer back in the day, actually, you know, made made an honest living or a relatively honest living as a marketer, Uh, but then spent most of my career as a consultant helping people to uh, find the right technology and the right technology vendors, uh, which is, you know, much easier than working for a living. I love that. I love that. I, again, another life goal. I got to get, I got to, I got to get there as well. I need to have a view of the shore and be able to take my, myself places mentally like Santorini. So you, we're already learning so much from you, David. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I also love that he commented on the wine. I do agree. It is better in Europe, but also your coffee mug right now is saying that it's probably scotch on the outside. So it, says, uh, it could be scotch. That's <laughs> super stuff. perfect. Yes. Love um, that. <laughs> I, I I'll also, just leave that open. Yes, 100% your secret is safe with us. Um, it is Friday and India did ask you in a nutshell while she is making boiled peanuts. So we are staying super related here. I'm going to hop in with the second question and say, if you could rebrand the term CDP, which we all know you're pretty famous for being somewhat related to, what would you call it? I don't know that I would rebrand it, um, only because at the end of the day, it's just a label. So what matters is the concept underneath that people need to get all their customer data in one place so they can 
use it in many different ways. So, you know, whether you call it CDP or marketing data warehouse, back in the day, we used to call something similar or um, data lake, or the old are not the same things, incidentally. Uh, you know, it's, it's more people just have to get this notion that their data really needs to be unified. Uh, so, you know, call it anything, just make sure you have one. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm just working off the cuff here, but I like, maybe we could play off something on, on unifying it. Uh, the unifier, the great unifier um, is maybe what I would rebrand it. <laughs> yeah, I would go with a customer data dictionary. Ooh, ooh, I love that. Yeah. Um, but also just to kind of back it up, um, you know, the world of marketing tools is vast and wide and deep. Um, but just to kind of, for anybody out there listening, who's trying to place like, okay, so what is a CDP? We hear about them. Um, sometimes for me, it's easier to understand what all these tools do when I think about like why, why someone's getting a tool. So when someone is buying or looking into or evaluating CDPs, like what is the main goal they're hoping to accomplish? I know that most CDPs have many different ways to use them and they have lots of different um, things that they do. There's a word for that. That's just flying out of my mind right now, but like, what's the main goal they're hoping to accomplish when someone's evaluating, looking to get a CDP? Is it really just that unification of the data or what would you say there is their main main goal when trying to get a CDP? Well, the specific thing that most people are looking for, and you're right, there are many applications. Mm-hmm. And CDP, you know, it's like baking, just makes everything better to have better data, right? So everything's <laughs> better with, with, since we seem to have a snack food theme going here. Um, but the specific thing that people do with this, when are looking for when they're buying a CDP is they want to share data across different systems. So I have some website data over here that I want to expose to my call center people over there, or I have some commerce data that I want to use for my email remarketing, because that's usually what they can't do. They can't get the data from one system to another system. And that's what the CDP does, because it pulls it all into the same place. And you can't incidentally just, oh, have this system call that system, and system A calls system B, because system C calls system D, and system F calls system G, because then you get this huge kind of spaghetti nonsense where everything's calling everything else, and the number of connections to maintain is, is highly impractical. So people have tried that many times, and everyone who's tried it, including all the big vendors like Adobe and Salesforce, whose initial response to CDP was, you don't need that, because we'll just have a shared customer ID, and you can just go out and read the data from all the source systems, doesn't work. They tried it, they tried it really hard, they tried it for many years, many different people tried it, it just plain doesn't work because it's too slow, because there's always a new connection to be had, mostly because you really do want that historical view of all the old data Mm -hmm. that the the operational systems often either throw away entirely because they don't need it. They don't need your old email address, they just need your current email address for example, Uh, or because they kept it, but they sort of archived it off and they stuck it in some other place to kind of get it out of the way to make the processing more efficient, which means that, again, that real-time access to it on the fly is no longer practical. So it just turns out that you really do, at least for certain data elements, need to pull all the data in one place. And that's the core thing that the CDP does at all the various other systems that also store customer data generally don't do. 
Yeah. Amazing. I feel so much more into CDPs now than I ever have before, even though I have written and produced blogs and videos on them. So I thank you for that. How do you, like with everything you're saying, obviously um, you've seen technology evolve through the years, especially starting in marketing. Um, How do you see CDPs evolving like in the next 10, 15, 20 years? As like, I mean, online commerce is just growing exponentially. Well, there for sure will be new data sources and new data types, you know, we're video, audio, like how do you deal with that stuff? I mean, CDP today, you could probably store it because you can can always throw it into a data store. You know, in some ways the CDP is like a data lake, there's a data lake kind of underneath the CDP. but then the, what makes the CDP different from a data lake is that the CDP then pulls the data out of the data lake and makes it accessible. Accessibility is a really important part of our definition of the CDP. And to make that new, those new kinds of data accessible, you're gonna to have to put some structure on top of them and do some feature extraction and do the kinds of things that nowadays a data scientist might do by hand, for example, or you might again craft on a one-off basis for a particular source which is great, but you can get a lot of sources that gets really difficult and hard to maintain. Not even so much to build it. You build that first connector because then you got your A team of developers on it and they're like fascinated by this cool new project. And then something changes throughout, you know, a year later and, and now the A team is off doing something else and you got your maintenance guys and, you know, they're the uh, obviously less experienced people and they, they don't quite understand what the original guys did anyway. So it gets harder to maintain these things. So that's going to be more of a challenge for the CDPs just to keep up with all the new data sources. What's happening in the industry, and of course we'll see more use of artificial intelligence and machine learning because that's going to do everywhere. And that makes a big difference because again, those data access issues are really tough and they really do need very uh, competent and sophisticated developers to make that happen. Well, the AI is going to take over a lot of that work. So the data connections, both on the ingesting of data and also on the accessing of data will become more automated and therefore a little easier sort of from your mortals to use. The other stuff that's happening is just in the industry, we're seeing more vertical CDPs. So CDP specialized in travel or higher ed's a hot topic right now, or um, B2B ironically is, is sort of, was a little late to the CDP world, but now there are a lot of B2B CDPs. So different industries like that, uh, regional markets will emerge, differentiation by the size of the vendor. CDPs now are kind of mid-market to upper to giant enterprise level, but we're seeing some small business CDPs. So that's a normal development in any market is you get uh, you know specialized products emerge uh, and we'll see that happen in CDP too. I didn't know there were boutique CDPs. That's interesting. While you were also describing that, I was thinking, was the Rolodex the original CDP? <laughs> well, I would say that, I suppose. If, if I think, that helps. I'll let you um, take that as the, your own. The, the you don't thing, have to give me credit. Thing, all right. So, so the thing about the Rolodex, because the Rolodex was really the original uh, sales automation or CRM system or contact manager. Yes. Right. And the thing about the Rolodex or the contact managers was they only had the information that the salesperson put into it. Either they, you know, they, 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 they scribbled it on the Rolodex card or they typed it into the uh, contact manager or they put it into the CRM system. 
So there was a lot of information about the customer that never made it onto the Rolodex card because the salesperson didn't know about it. Right? And that's, that's, that's the biggest difference between CRM and CDP is the CRM knows about the data that was entered directly into the CRM. That's usually where it comes from. It usually comes from a sales agent or a contact center agent. Right? So the stuff that happened on the web and the e-commerce platform never makes it into the CRM because CRM doesn't know about that. And the Rolodex didn't know about it either. So that's the difference, particularly versus CRM, um, is that you have a broader view because the CDP is designed to pull in all the data sources, whereas the other systems really designed mostly to work with the data that they manage themselves. They can do a little bit of ingestion, but it's usually pretty limited. You know how, like when they talk about sort of like the pendulum swinging on, you know, could be a reaction to buying more marketing tools or you want to buy marketing tools that are all consolidated, whatever, the pendulum swings on on lots of uh, ideas. But I was just thinking, I was like, what if we go back to the Rolodex? Like, what if there's like some sort of like shift and everyone's like, no, we need paper copies. We need these, these individual Rolodexes. Like our, our sales team is old school um, and it's something we tout. Um, just an idea. Okay. Um, well, it's funny you say that because I was just reading this morning about people worry about ransomware mm-hmm. and all their files getting down. One company that was like their solution was, no, we're just going to go back to paper. I knew it. I was like, this so is. You're ahead perfect. of the game. You're ahead of the game. <laughs> It's actually part of our SOC 2 compliance. Um, we don't use computers at all. We just have phones in a exactly. paper roll. <laughs> exactly. Working from home will not be an issue at all. No papers eaten off my desk whatsoever. Yeah. No, you just have a camera watching your desk, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, hilarious. I love it. Well, I feel like this has all been super helpful. And then sort of kind of just looking towards the future and how CDPs are going to grow and evolve um, and thinking about how much message gears personally partners with Snowflake and, and a lot of our customers use Snowflake. What is your perspective on the Snowflake plus the Snowflake data marketplace with secure data sharing as providing some of like the CDP capabilities? What's your kind of, you know, it's sort of like the unification of that and pulling in some more information information. Um, so taking it away from a CRM, making it a CDP, what's your perspective on that and the capabilities there that Snowflake's starting to offer? So Snowflake is a very popular data store for CDPs because Snowflake is very good at handling multiple formats of data. That's really what seems to be what they're particularly good at. Um, so we see a number of CDPs that are built on Snowflake with their primary data store. Uh, Again, getting back to the data lake discussion, there's more to it than just storing the data. So there are other features that some people are now kind of adding into Snowflake as as complementary applications because Snowflake effectively can be a platform in that sense. But you have to have the identity resolution. You have to have the reformatting to share the data out with a system that wants to have it in a particular format. You have to... Um, do data quality work. There are a bunch of other things that you need that we're go- are going to supplement or work on top of a snowflake to give you the equivalent of a, of a full-blown CDP. So, you know, because that comes up, oh, I'll just use snowflake. I don't need to buy a CDP as well. Snowflake will give you part of what you need for that toolkit, but you're going to have to buy other tools as well to really get the uh, the full equivalent of the functionality. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I like that. I just wrote, wrote down, um, like the data resolution and the data quality part. Um, yeah, that makes sense to, yeah, like keep it good, keep that data good. Um, but yeah, so, um, that's really the end of our questions. I, I know when we connected last week, there's a few kind of fun things that you were releasing. Um, uh, didn't you like redo your website and have some new, some new newsletters out if you wanted to talk about that at all before we kind of wrap it up with our lightning round, which is going to be really fun. Everyone keep listening. Super duper. Yeah. Well, we do have www.cdpinstitute.org. We did just revamp our website and it's now got all kinds of cool search functionalities and uh, filtering. So there's, we have a big directory of CDPs and you can find which ones are working, which industries or which regions. And actually there's a whole bunch of other data in there as well about them. So, so it is a great resource. There's a library of a couple hundred white papers that have come from varying places um, that are super useful. And again, very, very filterable and by different topic, a lot separate library of Use cases, actually, if you're trying to, if you're wondering, well, what exactly can I do with the CDP? We have 50 samples of things that people do in case history. So great resource, if I do say so myself, um, daily <laughs> newsletter that goes with that. And actually have a couple other newsletters that come out about privacy and emerging markets and so on. So we do have a lot of resource. Anybody who's, you know, thinking about CDP uh, definitely certainly should be on your uh, list of places to take a look. Definitely. I mean, I'm a subscriber. I get your emails and I have visited your website many times for some resources. So well, the um, new one's way better if you haven't been there recently. I, I checked it out. Yeah. Um, so personal, personal voucher for that. Any of the listeners definitely check it out. Um, okay. We have made it to the lightning round. That's Did part. <laughs> favorite part. This has literally nothing to do with CDPs or email or data. Literally, it's just fun. Rapid fire questions. There's only four. Really. I do want to preface this. India lightning rounded me when she interviewed me to work at Message Gear. So I survived. You're going to do great. Yeah. Um, really quick. All right. So it's going to start. Here we go. Starting off with an easy one. Summer or winter? Summer. Which one? Summer? All right. Same. Khakis or jeans? Oh. Jeans. Mountains or lakes? Oops. Mountains, he said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Favorite sitcom? I don't watch TV. Oh, that's no tough. He's too educated for us. Oh, my God. He doesn't do the Netflix. He's a reader. Do you have a favorite book? Favorite book? Um, Brothers Karamazov. Nice. And then this is the last one. And this is the kicker. If you were given the choice, would you rather encounter an alien or a ghost? Alien. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was in gear. The message gears podcast. Thank you, David, for joining us. This was a blast. Amazing. Um, Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. This has been in gear, a podcast from message gears. Please make sure to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes delivered right to wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know how we're doing. We would love your feedback. Visit us at messagegears.com to learn more and to get in touch. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.